going. Four two three, get fame. That's four two three, get fame. I would tell you to leave a message, but the truth is, I don't really care. I've had this hotline open for months, and not one of you jokers have what it takes to be famous like me. So leave a message if you want, but don't expect a call back. I've got way more important things to do than to waste my time on losers like Mascarita Sagrada and you all. Thank you, and have a nice day. Hey there, folks, and welcome to the Grave Consequences podcast. My name is Caleb Baldwin. You can follow me on Twitter at IamCalebB. Follow my co-host, friend, and producer, Greg, on Twitter at XMaserati. Think of it like Mouse Rat, you know, or like the car. Either way, doesn't matter. Uh, follow the show account at GC underscore cast. Recording date is October 7. And this is part one of a two-part recording that we are doing tonight. And we are here to review season two, episode 18 of Lucha Underground. The title of the episode was Enter the Mundo. Did you have an alternate title this week, Greg? Um, I wanted. I, I wrote down that I wanted to come up with a different one, but I, I never did. Okay, fair enough. I mean, I guess we could call it... Um, Cage carries Chavo or something. I don't know. Yeah, I there's really I couldn't think of anything really clever. Um, yeah, because I because there's a lot of interesting things that happen on this show that are very important. Because we've we've mm-hmm. talked about episodes that have been pivotal for yeah. Lucha Underground. This is sort of this is a pivotal episode because a certain faction forms. Yes, dude. I'm glad you pointed that out. I was going to point it out later, but yeah, that that's a great point though, for sure. And you know, what's funny is like we, uh, I've deliberately scheduled this to, um, where when we review the season finale, Ultima Lucha Dos, the, the last part, um, where we do that episode by itself. We're not reviewing another episode that same night. Because, as we know, that last episode is always the length of two episodes. Mm-hmm. So, because we're doing an uh, even-numbered episode, then an odd-numbered episode, which is, you know, counterintuitive most of the time. But it works out because this these two episodes, they told an arc, like a story arc of Brian Cage. He was a main character in these two, in these two episodes. Spoiler alert. Yeah, and I think he it's a deserved role, uh, mm-hmm. de- deserved position, and it, it showcases what he could be doing in AEW um, yeah. right now. And we're not going to – I don't think we're going to go on another rant about how it – I don't think we ever meant to say he's misused. It's just something's not I happening. I oh, absolutely did. did. Um, yeah, we're not going to probably do that because we, we've already done that enough. Uh, yeah. But, you know, there is – and I, I was thinking about it. I think he's a bad – not a bad face, but I think he's a better heel or he might do yeah. better as a heel in AEW because they had him turn face and become friends of like, you know, say like, hey, Sting, you're cool with me. And then he just never did anything cool after that. So, I mean, no. I'm getting off topic, but uh, there, there's a lot of potential in Cage still. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Speaking of potential. 
Pentagon seems to think he has the potential to leave this BDSM club, and Vampiro says no. Tries to stop him with some good old hand-to-hand combat, and Pentagon, you know, has no problem handling him. You know, they're they're evenly matched at that point. So it's like, okay, you're not going to overpower Pentagon anymore. It's not going to happen. Do you notice that Vamp is kind of mixing up the stuff he's stolen? He's not stolen, but I'll say stolen. Because uh, he's dressed like he's, you know, well, he looks like the guy from uh, the Adams Family. I forget his name, but Uncle Fester, oh, I think. Oh, what's his? Yeah, that sounds right. Uncle Fester. Yeah, he looks like it? him. Yeah, I believe yeah. it is. He looks yeah. like him because he has all his white face paint on and he's bald and he's yeah. a little bit, you Chunkier. know, chunkier. And he's wearing a, a jujitsu black gi. <laughs> so it's like somebody, he convinced somebody that this was cool. And yeah. he was wrong. <laughs> I think more importantly, he convinced himself that this this was cool. And it probably could have been, but and he always seems like I, I didn't watch WCW, WCW in the day, but I've gone back and watched like you know top moves of Vampiro and like some classic matches. And for a guy that's that he he himself says he never really learned how to wrestle, he's not terrible. I can yeah. see why he was, especially in the nineties. He was more than passable compared to like the old timers that were still, you know, stealing the spotlight from the younger guys in WCW. Mm-hmm. And just because of the, you know, the the technicality of most matches in the Attitude Era. Uh, but I don't know. It's it, he 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 took a lot from Japanese wrestlers. Like uh, I think the great Muda was someone he, he took a lot from. Yep. Uh, and so he he. I think that is actually uh, like I'm 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 going hard on Vamp, but like he he he's always had a uh, you know strong style kind of influence, but it just doesn't work here because he's like he's like I said he's, he's he looks like cousin Uncle Fester, you know he's got that stupid white face paint on. He's thank God he's tall, otherwise this would be a Judas Messias kind of situation. <laughs> like it could be worse. Yeah, that's you're yeah fair enough fair enough, but Vampiro finally relents he's like okay you can go but you're not ready for the monster vampiro warns pentagon and pentagon leaves thank god hopefully that is the last time we have to see that creepy sex dungeon (laughs) playing us in tonight is the voodoo voodoo glow skulls pardon me easy for me to say uh also we've got u.s marines in the building we've got a whole little uh brigade so that was that was pretty cool I was surprised about that, to be be honest with you, because I thought that meant that we were having a kill shot segment. It is kind of weird that kill shot wasn't on the show. Now that you mention it, and okay, maybe they do. They tape like three or more episodes, but like kill shot isn't on next week's episode either. No, so it's like you've got Marines in the building. Actually, maybe that's why kill shot's not on the show. Yeah, if, the, if it's a stolen valor kind of thing, Oof, I, like I said, yeah, on that, yeah, yeah, yeah. As yep, as I was saying it, I'm like, oh nope, nope, this makes sense. Actually, never mind. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, our first match of the night is Joey Ryan versus Masquerita Sagrada, and Matt Striker refers to Joey Ryan as the transmitted disease of the temple, which still applies. Absolutely, absolutely. Famous B and Masquerita Sagrada are over in the temple, still over, and 
Famous B is giving the Masquerita Sagrada introduction. And he's about to announce him, finally announce him in the introduction. And as he's saying, Masquerita Sagrada, Joey Ryan kicks him and Famous B yells, damn! Yeah, this was a, you know, a good opening match. Uh, yeah. The only real note I have is that at one point they started cheering for Joey Ryan. Because, oh, my God. Yeah, because he started doing some like indie style Orange Cassidy kind of bit. Yeah. Where he's pretending like he's hawking up and he's trying to do a, you know, a gorilla press slam on Mascarita, but he's not strong enough to lift him. Yeah. So he does the weakest body slam instead. And the crowd, yeah. you know, they, they mark out for it because we, we love comedy bits. Well, that's the thing is like they filmed this in California and, you know, Boyle Heights and everything. It's like, I, I would have to look at a map, but I can't imagine that's too far from Rosita, home of PWG. And isn't I mean, he, I'm not sure if this is around the time he was doing bar wrestling. Yep, it was actually. So that's probably like I don't know if he's centered in the West Coast, but I mean, he is. Okay, so I I think it's more than possible that Joey Ryan was known, you know, back then. In 2016. Yeah, that's when he was at his most viral, dude. Like, because there, there's a spot there where Masquerita tries to, I think, tries to low blow him, and Masquerita starts selling his leg. Because this was after the U porn plex, dude. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, I, that sounded about right. And it, it was weird because this was supposed to make you. I think this was a, an example of a match where. Uh, and I'm just going to be critical of Joey Ryan. Like he was doing what gets him over, mm-hmm. but he wasn't really doing enough to get Masquerita. He wasn't doing enough to get the crowd to feel bad for Masquerita. Because why is Masquerita doing a low blow? I don't know. It just it's a cat. It's an opener, so who gives a shit? But at the same yeah. time, it's pretty chaotic. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. And the finish came when Joey Ryan hit a tilt a whirl DDT, and he got the win. And it's worth noting that since Masquerita Sagrada switched over to famous famous B's management. He has still not won a match. Yeah, the, the announcers I, pointed that out, that his record's worse now. Exactly, yeah. Like, I think he maybe only had one win, but he, it was against Son of Havoc. But still, either way, a win's a win. Famous B seems very annoyed, you know, but he's, like, consoling Masquerade. He's like, you know, you'll get him next time. You, But, it's like, he's visibly annoyed, so it's like, whereas, like, he was a little more patient in those earlier losses, like the one against Cage. And others, you know, he's he's not as uh, he's not given as much rope anymore. Yeah, and it's a it's a weird, you know, I mean, this is an angle you can't think too much about because, like, you wanted this this mini as your client, and you're putting him up yeah. against Cage, and yeah, maybe he could have won against Joey Ryan, but he almost did. He almost did, but he's a mini, so like, he's always the underdog. Exactly, quite literally. Um, yeah, no, it's like Famous B, like, I get it, you're annoyed, but, like, you mostly have yourself to blame because you chose to sign him. You saw uh, you saw Aztec Warfare, and you're like, I need, that's our guy. I think he literally said, that's the guy right there. He said that several times. And here in my head canon, I like to imagine he went to, like, six or seven different people, and they all said no. I think that's like, what happened in the in the in that match because he was going around giving this card to everybody. If you remember? Oh, fair enough. 
I think you're right. I think that's exactly what happened. (laughs) Like, he goes to, like, Prince Puma's locker room and Prince Puma growls at him. Or, like, (laughs) Ray Phoenix sees him and tells him to F off. Or Drago sees him and goes down the sewer pipe. (laughs) Uh, That sort of thing. He flushes himself down. Exactly, yeah. After this, we get a Taya vignette. She is beating dudes up and breaking glass and apparently perfection has arrived in lucha underground finally uh, apparently so yeah uh sean spears coming soon uh <laughs> next up we get a vignette for king cuerno and he lets mil muertes know that you're in my jungle by the way you know you may like this is my jungle and he even has the trophy aka mil muertes there with him and yeah can i tell you my head head cannon yes tell me your head cannon I think that he had he took Mill to a taxidermist and he had him oh stuffed. <laughs> that sounds awesome. That sounds awesome. It's kind of dope. He has him on display so, in a trophy case. I mean, he wins. I like to think that he went to a taxidermist and the taxidermist is like, "You're lucky I don't call the cops right now." <laughs> well, I'd imagine that. Uh, Based on the type of character he is, like he's the kind of hunter that has like, you know, ivory horns, you know, shark fins and like just mm-hmm. doesn't care about actual animals. So I'm sure he knows the guy that will be like, yeah, sure, I'll fucking stuff a human being. I don't give a shit. <laughs> you got yeah. money? You say you say his name used to be Pasquale. I don't give a shit. I'll stuff cares? <laughs> <laughs> Ghost girlfriend. I don't care. You know, oh, it's funny, way. like, he's going to come back, but imagine the the vignette where Mill wakes up and he starts coughing up packing peanuts. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> or you could do a Weekend Ooh. at Bernie's thing where, like, Quirino has to pretend that Mill's alive. So <laughs> 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 oh, weekend at Millie's. That's the episode title. <laughs> we, I, I got to write that down. Remind me. I don't have my pen. Will do. I will. Uh, I will send that. <laughs> Fuck. I'll send that to you right now, dude. I don't care. Uh, I also like to imagine that um, that because he got up from his chair and at first it looked like he was wearing assless chaps. And like <laughs> it took me two seconds to realize, like, no, he's not wearing assless chaps. <laughs> There's so much potential for comedy in lucha underground and you know we we can play you know monday morning quarterback all day like oh they should have done this and shouldn't done that no i don't want to make it seem like we're doing that yeah. we're just you know giving our actual opinions of you mm-hmm. know because that's that's what we're doing we're doing a podcast and we're gonna be like hey wouldn't it be cool if they did this instead yeah or i see this and this this was kind of a miss i mean that's what we do it obviously it takes more talent to write the show and produce it and all that they're better people than us probably better human mm-hmm. beings but it's just got to be emphasized. Like we just went on a rant about different things you could have done with that. It's just the kind of jokes you would only see in like indie wrestling. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So after this, we had for the gift of the gods as promised to us on last week's episode, Chavo Guerrero defending his title against cage. And this is a Chavo Guerrero. We have never seen in Lucha underground before. You can, you can, I think you can, you can, uh, you can you can point this all at cage like cage let him shine like cage is a 
he's a five-star wrestler. I'm going to say it. I know people yeah. are going to be like, oh, you know, he's not. He's okay. But, like, he's a five-star wrestler. He made Chavo. I fucking hate Chavo, bro. I love yeah. this match. Yeah, this match was amazing. And as soon as I was like, it seems like he's giving him way too much, that's when Cage blocked the third Amigo and hit the drill claw and ended the match. So it ended, like, right around when it should have. Dude, I think he did a power bomb, a buckle bomb, and a drill claw. He said, okay, yeah. match is over. I win. <laughs> yep. It was even the uh, evil, John Cena, evil. LOL, I win. Yeah, LOL. Yeah, Cena wins, LOL. Uh, it's, you know, he even, you know, because sometimes before he does the drill claw or the Weapon X, he'll yell, he ain't getting up from this. He actually <laughs> did that before he hit the drill claw. And then, Dude, yeah, I like he the won. The, yeah, the drill claw is fucking awesome. And by the way, I'm going to fantasy book here, and I think I've probably even done it on one of these episodes before but as of recording tomorrow night on rampage they're doing ricky starks and cage in a street fight for the ftw title cage doesn't need the ftw title and i think maybe that team taz feud with punk is done maybe it's not i don't care uh if they're gonna have cage win i would literally have him do what he did on the in the first season of lucha underground and rip the ftw title in half yeah, it's a stupid belt anyway. Why not? I mean, they yeah, I, they might is. need another belt soon, but it's a million dollar title. It don't matter. You're right. I agree. He he should rip it in half. I mean, it's a team. Taz is a bunch of losers for the most part. Yes. Well, I mean, so. it's a bunch of well. Okay. Okay. They are losers in how they are booked, but the talent is there. Oh like yeah, Ricky, yeah. Ricky K-Fabe. Starks is a talent. Yeah, yeah. Kayfabe, they're losers for sure. Yeah. You know, because Starks and Hobbs, they're talent. Cage former member talent but you know and hook maybe i don't know i'm not gonna jump out of the you know jump out of the sky ready to sing the praises of hook when he's never wrestled before unlike some people but i would hope so because otherwise they're just you know off their rockers or whatever after that but but yeah anyway team taz real good whatever this is a lucha underground show not an aew show Hmm. Taya comes to talk to PJ Black and Jack Evans, and she took out Phoenix, and they're like, what the hell? Like, we, we need a partner. What's your deal? And this is the moment. Right here. In this very moment. This was the genesis of Worldwide Underground. They don't have the name yet, but the core members are there. Taya, PJ Black, Jack Evans, and of course, Johnny frickin' Mundo. And you want to know what cat, what, what sealed this? What was like, okay, this is awesome. When we knew like, oh man, this gonna, this is going to be amazing for, for seasons to come. Do you want me to answer that? Uh, it was the air guitar. There we go. They were shredding it. And I think PJ Black or probably Jack was like, man, he can shred too. <laughs> they did. That was the best oh part. Oh my god! And that stays uh, I, consistent. That's their gimmick: yeah. is they shred, and you hear the sound effect. Yes, yes. Oh, uh, El Ray was so good with the cheesy stuff. Mm-hmm. After this, we cut to Joey Ryan and Cortez Castro in the office of Dario Cueto, and they're they're snooping around looking for evidence because, of course, they're undercover cops. In case you couldn't remember, and. Joey's like, hey, like, we got to hurry up. The sexy ninja isn't around. Hmm. 
I missed that. Oh man! And then uh, Castro comes in. He says, "Like, hey, we're you, you're looting. You're looting Dario's office, and you didn't even invite me. I should go tell the boss." This whole segment was just a little too cheesy because they yeah. could have just been like, "Here's some money. You should keep your mouth shut." But yeah, and, and uh, uh, not Castro, but uh, uh, what's the other guy's name? Cisco. Oh, no, I meant Castro, actually. Uh, Castro was like, okay. oh, Joey lost a contact? I was just like... Yeah, that was... Cringe. That was really bad. Yeah, I think that was meant to be funny, but yeah, just not good. Um, Castro arrests Mr. Cisco, and he, he says a real name, but I can't remember what it was now. Yeah, he did He did call him a different name. Uh, yeah. I think it was his, like, maybe his uh, other... Did- Probably his real name because they use Joey Ryan's real name in this oh, okay. show as well. And they also uh Cortez or Castro's real name, Ricky Reyes. So yeah. Either way. After that, uh part of a segment, we've got our main event for the Trios Championship. We have got and they don't have their name yet, but we know them as Worldwide Underground. We have got Johnny Mundo, PGA Black, and Jack Evans against the trio's champions, the team of Rey Mysterio Jr., El Dragon Azteca Jr., and Prince Puma, the Lucha Gods, as I call them. And Melissa didn't know that Johnny was replacing Phoenix, so Taya interrupts, tells her Johnny's replacing Phoenix, and Melissa's kind of incredulous at this announcement for some reason. Yeah, I don't think they showed the backstage segments. No, they don't show them to the uh, to the to any of the talent at the time. I think they shoot them afterward. And I think what they do to get away with it is because uh, this is like a TV show, so I don't think yeah. they announce the full cards, and that's how they can get away with like you know uh, recasting or you know no showing a wrestler. Like I don't know if they were advertised to have Phoenix. I, I could be wrong because if, yeah. if they did advertise him and he didn't show they didn't at least have like a dark match with him that'd be pretty shitty but you know i'm sure phoenix popped up on this taping at some point in time but either way this match was awesome and i i just i never realized initially just how awesome that he, that rudo trio of you know johnny pj and jack was how how amazing they were they were at their heel work and at you know distraction tactics and you know I'll get Marty's attention so you can kick uh, Azteca in the balls or what have you and that sort of thing. Like, this was amazing heel work here. The whole match was great. I mean, everyone had a moment to shine, and they did do that. Mm -hmm. I think everyone got kicked in the balls. All the faces got kicked in the balls at least once. I believe so. I believe so, yes. At least once. Some people may have gotten kicked in the balls twice. Here's the thing. Prince Puma got kicked in the balls like 10 times in the span of three minutes. (laughs) <laughs> and he uh, he hit uh, or he ate Fende Mundo, and he still kicked out for some reason. Which I'm like, oh, so they're winning. They being the the champions, and that wasn't the case for some reason. The, the finish comes when Azteca has Johnny rolled up. Azteca, pardon me, Taya distracts Marty again. Jack, I believe, hits Azteca with a chair, repositions the roll up. And Worldwide Underground win the trio's championships. To me, yeah. it's like 
if you're going to have them win anyway, why not just have them win after Fende Mundo? Like, you just basically had Puma kick out of Fende Mundo for no reason. Again, well, rather. I think they did a good job of making them both look strong because both teams had two visual pins each in, on this match. So, the, yeah, he did kick out of it, but uh, that was just to make him look strong. Uh, like, yeah. they had... Uh, Puma won of the 630 right after he, he did the 630 uh, senton pin right after uh, Ray hit the 619 and that got interrupted and he kicked out. Uh, the Dragon Azteca did the sunset flip pin where, you know, he got hit with the chair and it got reversed. Uh, but there was also there was another visual pin uh, that they had. It was the what was it? It was I think it was the one you're just talking about with the uh, Finde Mundo. Uh, yes. So, so they both you they they gave the audience two examples of how both teams are credible at winning this match, and they had the heels win in the end. But I think they kind of, I didn't mind it too much because I've I'm sick of seeing Pullman look like a bum. So it it, it was kind of refreshing to see him look strong. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, and I had said before, but like since he lost the title, I feel like Puma has looked stronger than ever. You're right. I would agree with that 120 percent. But either way, um, I don't believe I believe that's it. I don't believe we got anything after the uh, after the match here other than celebration. That's it. Yeah, it ended after that. Fair enough. Well, that was our crowning of the fifth. Uh, or pardon me, the beginning of the fifth Lucha Underground Trios Championship reign that belongs to Johnny Mundo, Jack Evans and PJ Black, a.k.a. the Worldwide Underground. That is our episode. Greg, we're going to grade this before we get out of here. Um, I'm going to go ahead and start. Okay, the trios match, I hated the finish, but by and large, it was awesome. The mm-hmm. Gift of the Gods title match was amazing. Uh, Joey Ryan and Masquerita, you know, take or leave it, it was fine. But I'm going to give this a solid B+. Yeah, I'm going to give it a B. Uh... Okay. I'm going to keep it just a simple grade um, just because I could see some issues like you had an issue with the finish. Uh, the masquerade thing was kind of weird, but I, I'm not against giving it a B plus. If someone said, Hey, I even give it an A, I, I wouldn't argue with them. It's a yeah. go out of your way to watch this kind of show. Maybe skip yes. the first segment. <laughs> well, yeah, definitely watch that cage and uh, Chavo match for sure. Like that that's was Chavo's best match in Lucha. He never has a better one. Definitely the best he's looked in Lucha Underground. Uh, as far as ever, like, I don't know. I don't, I'm not a big Chavo fan, so I couldn't, you know, really contend with well, I mean, just in Lucha stuff. Underground. Yes, I know, I know. But that that was just, you know, me elaborating further. Or rather not, I guess. But, hey, mm. either way, you know, we thank you for listening. We do appreciate it. Check out everything else here on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. You can search for the community feed that has everything here by going to your favorite podcast app and in that search bar looking up the Social Suplex Podcast Network that has everything. Of course, we have our solo feed, which you may be listening to right now, the Grave Consequences Podcast. That's what you would search for on your favorite podcast app. If you want to hear more of me, but you want to hear me talk about something different, like maybe hero movies or side movies on the weekend, you know, maybe episodes of what if or Loki or what have you. 
uh, go to your favorite podcast app and look for Eddie and Caleb's HeroCast. We drop new episodes every Wednesday night. We review hero movies in order. Actually, this week we are going to record Underdog, which means the week after we are going to record our review of Iron Man. So we're just about to start the MCU. We've been doing this for about a year and a half now, and we're really getting to the good stuff now. There have been some gems along the way, but it's been more bad than good. I'm not going to lie to you. But hey, again, thank you for listening. But I want you to remember and keep this in mind that if at some point you have to take a you get hit with a power bomb, a buckle power bomb and then a drill claw, you're probably going to suffer grave consequences. <laughs>